Welcome to the Super Expander Podcast. My name is Corrine Phelps, your host. I'm a business and growth coach, money mindset expert, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me all over from working in finance to owning a boutique fitness studio. I found myself burnt out, miserable, and questioning everything. Saying things to myself like, there's got to be more to life than this. Refusing to settle for a mediocre existence, I went all in, learning how to harness untapped potential and rewire the subconscious mind to create an extraordinary life. The last 10 years have been a crash course in self-love, building a business, creating community, building wealth, and doing what it takes to just freaking go for it. My mission is to help you align to your purpose, Rewire your subconscious to support your big dreams and vision and create a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. So sit back, tune in, and prepare to expand. Kate Breen, personal stylist, bringing experience from hundreds of bodies and closets over more than 20 years. Kate coaches clients towards the confidence and joy that clothes can bring when they stop being merely a necessity and start being part of an overall wellness practice. With an extensive background in fashion and costume design, she believes authentic self-expression is the real key to great style. Her process as founder of Get Dress Go incorporates each client's background, passions, values, and aspirations in to their wardrobe for an experience that is uplifting and educational as well as transformative. Hello, hello, Super Expanders. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited because we have with us today just, oh my gosh, someone who is near and dear to my heart. She is just a spark of energy and vibrancy. And like really when I think of her, she's like just like the most effervescent person ever. And every time I'm in her presence, I feel so great. I feel so inspired. And I know you're about to, you're about to feel the same way. So I am so excited to share with you, Kate Breen. That was an amazing introduction, Corey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, uh, yes, I'm I'm excited. This is going to be a great conversation. Everyone is in for a treat here. I love to give a little bit of context when um, just the beginning so everyone kind of understands how we came to be sitting or having this conversation. So Kate and I met, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe like end of eight- June. End of June. Yeah. We, uh, we, I was teaching a, a breathwork class at a studio. We're, we're both local. So I was teaching a breathwork class and we, we connected and it's just been this really amazing journey ever since. And it's been such a gift to get to know her. And I knew that you guys actually just needed to hear all of her wisdom and all of the like talent that she has to share with the world. So. We just go really, really deep here on the Super Expander podcast straight off of the bat. Love it. So, <laughs> I always ask this question because I really think that it's, I don't know, I, I'm really trying to break the mold of starting with like, what do we do? I think it's so much more important and so much more of value to find out someone who someone is deep down in, in inside into their core. So who is Kate on a soul level? On a soul level, I am an unsinkable bundle of passionate energy um, (laughs) um, who has faced a lot of ups and downs in her life and kind of always figures out a creative way through and upward, um, which I'm really proud of. I think there is really joy to be found everywhere. And I also think that there's all kinds of incentive to 
take that for granted or to kind of um, not feel joyful, I guess. Um, Culturally, I think there's a lot of things that run counter to joy, but I think that looking for little bits of joy and little bits of beauty everywhere we can is a secret to life. And I try to do that as much as possible without sounding too Pollyanna-ish about it. (laughs) That's, That's sort of how I roll. Ah, which is, you know, I, I think I knew that about that, about you from the moment that I, I met you because you can really, really feel that. So that being who you are deep down inside, what's, what's your secret for, I don't know, tapping into that joy and, and finding it on a daily basis? How do you, how do you keep your energy and joy in this unsinkable vibe? How does that happen? Um, well, maybe conversely to what I just said, I do think that there's value in letting yourself feel your feelings. So, um, you know, it's very, um, from what I understand of Buddhism, it's very Buddhist to appreciate that the good only comes from the exposure to the bad or the darkness to the light. So I acknowledge the painful things that are going on. And I think there's something about me that when something dark is happening, I look extra hard for whatever the light is going to be. And, um, I try to, um, I have a pretty solid gratitude practice, um, which you've been a big part of cultivating for me over the last few months. And I always, it sounds very woo woo, but I always look for signs. Um, and meeting you was one of those signs. I, as you know, I had just been laid off, which was quite terrifying the day before I saw an advertisement for your workshop, which was all about fear. And I thought, I am afraid. So that was me acknowledging how dark I felt at the time, but I signed right up for the workshop because I did not desire to sit in the fear for very long. And, um, and sure enough, it really resonated with me and helped bring me out into the lightest phase of my life. I would, I would have to say, uh, I know I can just see, see you glowing on I just, and your light just continues to shine brighter and brighter. So Yes, the the polarization. I do think that there like the the ability to hold the the duality, the like polar opposites that gives us that appreciation for the the sweetness in life when we can see. And it's something that you said it just really resonates with me is that it, you choose to to look harder when when things are in a dark place. And I feel like I've I've had that experience too because when things start to get to a certain place, it's like, you know what? I just I decide I'm not going to play in that in that realm, right? We can allow ourselves to feel it, but you don't want to linger there for too long. So that very much resonates with me. So let's, let's talk a a little bit about that though. So you were in a place, you were, you were feeling a little bit of fear because you lost, well, not a little bit, I'm sure it was a lot of fear. That's a whole heck of a lot of fear that you were experiencing in this moment when you got laid off. And I know that there's, I mean, this is something that's going on. It's like all over the place over the last few months. Many people are losing their jobs, being laid off because of the state of the economy and then all these like different things or reasons. But there was a, a gift that you found inside of that. So let's talk about that. So you get laid off. And there was actually this, this opportunity on the other side of fear. Yeah, absolutely. So to back up a little bit, I had a day job for 10 or so years. That was very much a necessity and a means to an end um, that had taken me out of my previous career, which was almost a hundred percent creative dumping me into something 100% practical, um, something going from something that was completely important to my values and my heart and soul into something that was really just couldn't have been more remote to who I really fundamentally am as a person. 
it had its benefits. I was very grateful for the benefits of that day job, but it was beginning to wear on me. I think the lack of authenticity between how I was spending 40 hours a week um, was, was starting to feel very taxing. When COVID hit, that feeling got even worse. And um, about halfway through COVID, I felt like I just felt very driven to start doing anything again that was more important to who I fundamentally am as a person, which is how I started my business, which I intended to be, I assumed would be at best a side hustle. Um, it would just be something to kind of a hobby, a way to meet a few new people, but it it quickly got a lot of interest and a lot of clients. And I started to see that maybe this would be a way out in maybe five years or so when my child goes to college, I'd be able to leave my day job. Um, but the layoff just accelerated that. And so when I got that very surprising uh, Zoom meeting where with HR popping up on it, where I knew exactly what was happening, I thought, okay, I'm really at a crossroads. I can either get another job like this, or I can take all the work from the last 15 months and see if it's enough to turn my side hustle into my next career and into a real business. And really partially as a result of that workshop with you and a lot of soul searching with the people closest to me, I made the decision to, to go ahead and just nosedive into the business. And it's just been amazing. For everyone listening, maybe you need to pause and, and rewind that a little bit and listen to it again. If that's not the most inspiring thing is to make the decision to go all in on this thing that really resonated with who you are deep down and what you really was feeding your soul and feeding your creativity and really more in line with what you had intended to do with, you know, your talents and gifts prior to taking this job. That was a means to an end, which, you know, adult life will, will do that to you, right? You have children and bills and responsibility. And we get faced with these, you know, these decisions of like, do I, do I walk the path of like the thing that's going to make me happy? Or do I walk the path towards feeling more secure and stable and knowing that I'm going to be able to, to pay my bills. And a lot of people at the end of that, you know, take, take that path towards being able to like the more secure thing. But I think in COVID, the lesson really was for so many of us is that thing that we thought was secure the thing that we thought was always going to be there for us actually wasn't. And that, and we had chosen it and allowed our intern, like the things that lit us up and were feeding us joy. We allowed it to, 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 to be diminished because we were doing that on the, I don't know, the, the banking I on the one that it was uh, stable and it was going to give us what we need. And so here we are finding this out that that's not the case. So you decided to go all in on the thing that, that feeds you, that really inspires you and, and nourishes you, which in the end, I feel like pays so many more dividends. So what was it when you decided in that moment, what was sort of the tipping point for you? If, when you're looking for signs, um, if someone out there is listening and they're kind of teetering on the edge, how could you walk them through that? I think to build off of what you were saying about COVID, I think a big takeaway for a lot of people was how how not guaranteed anything is, including life, um, how long we're here on the planet. And I think I really, I just felt like if, um, if not now, when I felt like I wanted to, I have enough life experience to be confident that I wasn't going to wind up living on the street. And this, I, this was not 
it, it was an extra not easy decision for me because as you know, I'm I'm not married. I um, my parents aren't with me anymore. I I really am on my own with my kid trying to make the best decisions that I can for us. So and I'm I'm not I'm a pretty risk averse person. So all of those things were heavily, heavily, heavily pushing me towards doing the practical thing. But ultimately, I think I felt like I know that I have so many gifts. I know how people respond to me when I am being my true self, when I'm in my flow, when I am um, giving what I have to give. And I think I had enough proof of that um, from the toe in the water that I had given with the business before I was laid off to feel like I could take the leap and that if it didn't work out, I would know how to get myself back on my feet. It's interesting to me because I think every every time that I heard about people doing something like this, I was so skeptical. You know, I felt like, well, they must have someone supporting them and they must have tons of money in the bank. Um, they Their situation must be somehow easier than mine is. And I think what I've really figured out is that that may be true some of the time, but I think more often than not, what makes people take the leap is a real urgency, a real, a real sense of frustration or desire, a deep desire to have something different than what they have. And I guess for anyone who is feeling that deep, profound desire, I, I feel like having trusted that with some backup data, you know, that, that this was going to be welcome in the world, um, following that was the right thing to do for sure. I mean, it's, it's just amazing how it's changed my life. I think there's so so much gold in what you just shared there. One is this deep desire. Two is that you actually had, you had been testing it, right? There had been this level of testing because I, and I, I feel like I want to point that out because I think that a lot of times when we're watching on social media or listening to someone talk about this, there can be this sort of, I don't know, like romantic notion about just burning the bridge. And while losing your job was kind of the bridge being burned for you metaphorically and was, was a gift. And I think that there is a piece of, of burning the bridge when we don't have another option to fall back on that really will make you step into something. But if you haven't tested the thing before you had, there's like some bricks that had already been laid some really strong foundational pieces, because when we are in a business, basically it's solving problems, right? So your business had already proved that there was a demand that people had this problem. There was a demand for it. And you were the person that was going to solve this problem for them. And now it was just a matter of, of going all in, right? Because you can decide to go on all in on something to only find out that your, your thing that you want to go all in on, there's not a demand for it. So very, very, very important. But also there's that piece of the, the bridge was burned. And when we when we're at that place and you've tested it and you validated it, I think that's another piece that's really, really important is that when we if you have to decide and you have to decide that there's not something that's gonna fall back on. And that's when we really show up and put everything we have in into it. Yeah, you did say that to me very early on, um, about not you know, dis- distinctly not losing the mindset that I needed to have a backup plan. Um, In the back of my head, I always needed to have like the reassurance that any time in my whole life that something hasn't worked out, I've been able to figure out what the next step is to know that that was definitely a possibility. But, um, But for sure, absolutely 
really 100% leaning in with everything I have, with all the time, with all the resources, with all the passion, um, pretty relentlessly, definitely definitely helped. I, I have, ne- I've truly never been so woo woo in my whole life as I have in the, in the last nine or 10 months. I mean, my mind is blown at the universe for, you know, for lack of a better term of how, of how at every turn it has responded to what I have put out there as being available for. Um, and I'm backing up that availability with a lot, a lot of work. Um, but I just feel incredible. I feel, I feel like the lid has blown off my pot and I am really living my life um, at my, you know, at my best potential. Um, and it's, it's certainly taken a while to get here, but it's, and I think because of that, it's super exhilarating. I'm not taking anything for granted. I'm incredibly grateful. Um, yeah, it just feels really good. And all the things that didn't work out sort of make sense that, you know, it's like the blocks have kind of fallen into place about the truth behind the cliche that, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, you'll understand eventually if, if it's not the right thing, it's because you, you, know, you haven't found the right thing yet. It's not the end of the world. It's just the right thing is still coming. Yeah. You're being redirected. You're just, you just, you're, you made a left and we got to redirect you back to the right. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a question for you. Have you joined the Super Expander free mentorship community? If not, what are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing right now and text the word mentor to 202 918 3235. Text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. I send out weekly tips and inspiration to help you grow your business, to step into your wealthiest, most highest self, to harness your full potential and live an exceptional and extraordinary life. And the best part is it's really me sending those messages. So text me, say hello, and send me your questions. So I know everyone now is just sitting there on the edge of their seat and they're they're really dying to know what it is that you stepped into, what it is, this business that at your soul level is now has you showing up in this excitement, this energy, this vibrancy. Um, So my business is called Get Dressed Go. Like, are you ready? Get Dressed Go. Um, Because I, uh, fundamentally, my whole life, I have loved clothes. I love playing with clothes. I I just love them. And I realize that I'm in a minority. A lot of people do not love clothes. And so I serve people who are frustrated by clothes, frustrated by shopping, frustrated by their efforts to look good that they feel don't quite come together. People who are too busy to deal with this or just generally uninterested in it, who identify that um, there is something to it, um, to feeling better when you look better. Um, And I help them sort of reformulate the relationship that they have with clothes and their closet so that getting dressed can be a pleasure and a joy every day instead of something that they dread. What what a need because there are tons of people out there that don't enjoy the whole idea of styling and I mean they want to look good, they want to look good and want to feel good, but the whole idea is this really daunting task. Okay, so there well let's all dive a little bit deeper into that piece of 
what that really means though, like being able to put something together and show up in the fullest expression of yourself through what you're wearing. So my early career that I alluded to was as a costume designer um, for primarily theater. Um, I worked in DC, New York, and a little bit in Paris for a short period of time. That discipline is all about telling stories of a person through their clothing. And so having learned how to do that and having honed that as a professional skill is something that I translate into everyday clothes for everyday people. But fundamentally, I really believe that clothes, even for people who aren't trying, who quote unquote, don't care, your clothes tell a story about where you are in your life, what you want, what you care about. Um, And that is a story that other people can read. And it's also a story that gets communicated back into your body via the clothes that you're wearing. Yeah. So, you know, whereas um, I think a lot of personal stylists who are doing a great job out there are primarily focused on teaching people how to dress their body in a flattering way, which is something I certainly do as part of what I do, but they're looking at um, interpreting trends or interpreting styles for a person's budget, body, and lifestyle. That's sort of the basic job description. I go a little, a a couple of levels beyond that into a real education with people about um, what pitfalls they're falling into when they shop and get dressed that are reinforcing potentially negative narratives about themselves, um, where they are right now or what their bodies are. And I, I help them not do that. I think that clothes, when well used, are a very low-hanging fruit that we can grab on the road to um, greater confidence and getting our goals and feeling seen and good in the world. Oh my gosh, that doesn't make you want to just reach out and, and hire you right now. <laughs> I'm sitting here just thinking about all the times that, well, I mean, I'm thinking about like the more conventional personal stylist who is basically trying to help people dress like everyone else, but in the things that make you look good. So how can you be cookie cutter in the fashionable things that are out there right now? How can you blend in, but also still look good? Right. Yeah. It's interesting because technically you can. So um, we live in a weird area where in DC, I'm I'm sure pretty much everybody who's listening knows that um, there's a lot of pressure to look the same as everyone else. I work with a lot of moms who are sometimes very concerned about looking too different from their peer group or going to a party and having people look at them like, whose house do you think you're at? You know, they're sort of burning to tell a different story about themselves, but they're keeping a lid on their pot because of the the peer pressure around them. Um, And I'm, I'm sympathetic to that. I really am. And I never push people to go further than they want to go or that they're comfortable with, because I know if I do that, they're never going to wear the clothes that they get while they're working with me. But I think that there are little consistent ways that we can always authentically represent ourselves. So let's say every mom at the party is wearing some sort of legging and some sort of tank top and some sort of little athleisure jacket. And you're blending in there and it it looks nice on your body and you've, you know, got a color that you like, and that's all fine. But if there's a little bit of a fire in you to do something different, that you're not quite ready to show the world or that you need to feel a little bit more comfortable, there are subtle ways to do that. I love doing it through jewelry, through underwear, through shoe choices, little things that 
remind yourself that you're an individual and that you're really who you are, they go a long way. Um, and I swear it has something to do with touching your skin all day. It's, it's just a, a reminder that you can literally feel about who you, uh, who you really are and what's important to you. Yeah, it's kind of like an anchor, right? Yes, exactly. Anchor, it anchors you into to who you are. I love that. Okay, so on this journey to being able to show up in this vibrant place, full expression, really sharing your talents and gifts, there had to have been somebody like a super expander, (laughs) a super expander story that you can share with everyone that really, you know, the inspirations that that brought you to where you are today. Absolutely. I I love to tell this story. Um, So I started doing this as a teenager, obviously um, not in any official capacity, but I started doing it with my mom, who at that time was about the age that I am now and that many of my clients are. So in her mid forties, she was a beautiful woman who historically really loved clothes and enjoyed getting dressed and had had many moments in her life where she felt fabulous. But by the time I was a teenager, it had been years since she felt that way. And um, it was really weighing on her. It was not helping her mental health. And I I don't remember if I noticed it and offered or if she asked me to come in, but um, we did a closet audit just like I do now um, and did some shopping and reconfigured some outfits and restyled some things that she had been wearing and certain sort of hadn't thought about how she might do it differently. And it made a huge difference. And it made enough of a difference that her friends noticed that she was looking better and feeling better and glowing. And then her friends started having me come over to their house. So at 15, I was going over to these, you know, 45 year old ladies houses and um, doing the same sort of transformations that I do right now, which have a lot to do with my compassion and my sense of humor um, and my empathy for all the very intimate stories that I hear about people um, when I'm in their closets. At that age, I was able to turn it into a tender, fun, nurturing experience. Um, and I'm I'm very grateful to my mom for having, you know, having had the humility to turn to her kid to ask for help like this, um, and then to be so proud as to to show my work elsewhere, because that's really, really where I fundamentally started connecting to the idea that, oh, maybe I could dress people who aren't me. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. I love that your mom was your your super expander and she really kind of showed you and illuminated these a passion inside of you and then showed you that it was possible for you to be able to do that for for others. Ah, oh, I love that story. It's really wonderful and it's really neat too because as I mentioned before she's not with us anymore but it really 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 feels like um this connection to her that I get to have every day. And I, I really cherish that aspect of it. Oh, what a beautiful story. I, you know, and that's, like, I think when we're able to to find those ways to stay connected to our loved ones, it, I mean, obviously it makes it that much more, more special. And I'm sure that the people that you, you support and you help feel that too. They do. I, I can see that they do. And it really means, it really, really means a lot to me. Um, to get the feedback during the sessions, but also after I've, after the work has ended with a client to, to be getting, you know, random texts about ways that I've changed their life for the better. It feels amazing. It's really wonderful. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about how, what it looks like when someone does actually 
they come into your world to, to hire you. What are the ways that you work with people? So there's basically, there's, there's a few key services and it's always a little bit different depending on people's circumstances um, and desires basically. But fundamentally I do overhaul packages um, of varying degrees where almost inevitably part of it is going over to a client's house and going through their closet, which is a great way to get to know the person and to get to see the sorts of the kinds of clothes that they like, obviously the brands that they like, or that they used to like, but that they know no longer work for them. And to start to have the deeper conversations about what they really want and where they're going. Um, And those sessions are also really fun because invariably there's lots of outfit creations that go on with them. And um, they're, they're very energizing and they make people really excited about what the next step is going to be. So even for clients who have had a difficult time doing any kind of purging before I come over, having, you know, a fresh pair of trained eyes in the house makes it much easier to feel like it's okay to let go of some things because you're confident that what's coming in is going to be even better. And then there's some level of personal shopping, which can either be in person for people who enjoy shopping or I work with a lot of people who have genuinely almost traumatic relationships with shopping where they do not want to be in dressing rooms. And so um, I coordinate fitting appointments at their house, sometimes even at my house, because um, again, some people are so, they're so triggered by their associations with their own closet and their own mirrors that they want, that they feel like the best way to have a fresh experience is going to be in a fresh place. And then there's another series of sessions, it was session or series of sessions where I'm sort of merging the two things, the new things that we've bought with the things that remained in the old closet to really maximize the wardrobe. At some point along the way, there's also a discussion about how to make their main closet an inspiration to them, how to create air and vitality in that space that has been filled with dread for so long. So we talk about having only the clothes that fit your current body, your current lifestyle, your current, you know, expression of yourself, that those are the things that you're looking at every day, not the evening gowns, the things that fit you 20 pounds ago, that kind of thing. That sounds like almost like the Marie Kondo of- um... A little, it is. There's definitely, (laughs) there's definitely that. Although I hear she's retracted on some of her things, just- and well, but you, you can't, you just, yeah, it's, it, it, I, I firmly, firmly believe that it is a demoralizing practice to be faced every day. First thing when you wake up with things that make you sad, <laughs> like, let's not do that to ourselves. Let's, let's put those things in a Rubbermaid container in the basement and let's only have what's in front of us be, you know, the truth and some sort of inspiration to us. I mean, I feel that it's, I have to tell you every time I go through some sort of like stressful thing in my life, or I feel like my, like my life or my business is falling apart, which, you know, as an entrepreneur, we tend to feel like that for many, yes. many times, I mean, yes. multiple times a day. So, but I, I don't do this every, every single day, but in, with some frequency, I will hit a place. And the first thing I do is actually clean up my closet. It has my closet That's has awesome. nothing to do with whatever it is going on in my life, but it's like therapy for me to go into my closet and just start getting rid of stuff. And inevitably, inevitably at the end of it, I'm like, 
everything feels a little right with the world. I just had this exercise. Now I know that I can, I've got things that I want in my closet that I like in my closet. And also I just made space for more to come in, which is metaphorical for all their early exactly. Days, like exactly. of your it's, life, right? It's not even that metaphorical. It's a, like a literal skin shedding where you're getting ready to come into the next phase, but that that's great. Yeah. That's perfect. Perfect practice. Yes, I love it. And, and afterwards, I feel so good. I know it feels amazing. I do it on a regular basis too. I think that, you know, embracing our evolution as people throughout our lives, you know, nothing is a constant but change. So we might as well lean into it and allow our clothes to participate in that process. Because when we don't, there's a like kind of energy disconnect that can really mess with you after a long enough time. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Well, I know everyone now is just really wanting to get into your world. So what is the best way for everyone to find you? Well, my website is getdressedgo.com. My Instagram is at get underscore dressed underscore go. So these are two ways to stay in touch. You can also um, sign up for my email list on the website. And I'm really excited because I am releasing my first masterclass, which um, I think you will link to. But basically, this is talking about every, everything I just said is sort of summarized in this 30-minute masterclass, which is how to go from feeling frustrated every day in your closet or every time you go shopping to making real change and not dreading getting dressed or actually enjoying it. And my workshop title for this is The Three Pillars of Personal Style asterisk. It's not what you think. Um, this doesn't have anything to do with fit or fashion or functionality. It is getting to the core issues of what's holding you back from feeling confident in your clothes. Oh my goodness. I love that so much. So yes, of course, all of this is going to be linked in the show notes. So for, for you guys, you can just you know scroll right on down wherever you're listening to this now, right into the show notes. Find, first of all, find Kate on on Instagram, make sure you follow her, make sure you say hello, make sure you tell her that you heard her here on the super expander podcast and share with her what your favorite part was. And then after you do that, then go right to that workshop, download it so that you can start to really, really learn the pillars of style so that you can shift out of that frustrated place. Um, if you had one last, just little parting words of wisdom for, for anyone listening, what would it be? I think the first thing that comes to mind is to not be afraid to play with clothes. Um, and I know that sounds horrible for people who don't like clothes. Um, I always give the analogy that I really, really, really hate to cook. I really love to eat well, but I just want somebody else to take care of it. I get like, I can't get out of a grocery store fast enough. I have no inspiration there in exactly the same way that many, many people feel when they're trying to shop for clothes. But just like making a bad meal is not the end of the world. Making a bad outfit is not the end of the world. Ultimately, you know that if you are willing to practice something that you're not very good at and you have a sense of humor about it and you play good music while you're doing it and you maybe listen to some fun songs, it gradually can become something that you embrace. Getting dressed is a fact of life that most of us have to do every single day. And so some degree of letting go, loosening up, learning how to play is pretty much key to hating it less. Oh, 
I love that. And yeah, unless unless you live in a nudist colony, then this unless you probably... live in a nudist colony, which is an option, I guess, for some people if you hate yeah. it enough. Yeah. yeah, but they're probably not listening to this podcast. They're, they're, they're they gave busy. up. They're, yeah, a they're long busy time doing. Ago. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, they're doing something else. So, well, great, great advice. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for taking the time to just walk everyone through your story, your journey, and sharing your tips on how it is that we can really just embrace the idea of getting dressed in a, a, you know, a happier, a happier mindset. Thank you so much for having me, Corey. This was really fun. Thank you. Such a pleasure. We will catch you on the next episode. If you like what you heard, stop, drop, and leave a five-star review and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. As always, the best way that you can thank our amazing guests is to share your biggest takeaway and then tag us on social media. 